When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, Jesus said, as for these things you see, the day will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. They asked him, teacher, when will this be and what will be the signs that it is about to take place? And he said to them, Beware that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified. For these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and in various places, famines and plagues. And there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed, even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name but not a hair on your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. Does anybody here remember Harold Camping? He's been dead almost 10 years now, so it's okay if you don't remember him, but when he was alive, he made the news a lot because he said he had figured out when the world was going to end and Jesus would return. I have no clue how he came up with it, but he first predicted that Judgment Day would happen on September 6th, 1994. And when that didn't happen, probably because the world was too busy that year listening to the angelic voices of boys to men, (laughs) Harold went back, tweaked his equations, and boldly declared that May 21st, 2011 would be the actual real end of the world. And people listened. His prediction went viral, and he gained thousands of followers, and people donated millions of dollars. And sure, it was kind of a problem when May 21st passed without any issues. Although in Iceland, The Grimsvotten volcano erupted that day, and some airplanes had to be rerouted. But Harold, Harold was undeterred. He doubled down again and said that the world would for real, definitely for real, end on October 21st that year. For the record, it didn't. (laughs) Though that was the day, then-President Barack Obama announced a plan to withdraw all remaining U.S. forces from Iraq. 
a decision with consequences that felt like the end of the world to some people. Harold Camping was not the first person to try to predict when the world would end, or the last. Do you remember that whole thing with the Mayan calendar back in 2012? Remember Y2K? Yeah. If you don't know what that is, don't talk to me. You're too young. (laughs) Throughout history, people have made all sorts of claims about the end of the world. And I'm sure that many of those people were motivated by honest faith and devotion. But they were wrong. And while we don't want to walk through life suspicious and distrusting of everybody, we also don't want to be led astray by this kind of stuff. Jesus reminds us this morning that not everyone who uses his name or talks about God has good motives. And that's especially true in a world where claiming that you have secret knowledge can gain you thousands of followers and millions of dollars. It's natural to wonder about the end times. And over the years, throughout the ages, when when the world has gotten especially awful or dark, when tragedy has struck and the unthinkable has taken place, people have often wondered if they were living through the end times. Passages like the one we heard today have been used over and over to interpret events, and people have pointed to these words to prove the end was near. The world has not ended. Though if the eagles stay undefeated much longer, I guess all bets are off. I don't think it's worth spending time and energy thinking about, worrying about, or trying to predict the end times. Jesus told us we're not going to know the hour or the day when it's going to happen. And God wants our focus here. Because while the whole world has not yet ended, there are plenty of people who are experiencing the end of their worlds. Sometimes we can feel like our world is ending, and responding to that with compassion and care is more than enough to keep us busy. Here's what I mean. This passage I read from Luke sounds like Jesus is talking about the end of the world, doesn't it? The end times. But he's not. Jesus spoke these words as part of a conversation with his disciples. They were walking by the Jewish temple in Jerusalem, marveling at its beauty and might. It was one of the greatest buildings in the ancient world. The the thing took decades to finish. It was covered in gold, adorned with priceless treasures. Some foundation stones, individual stones, were longer than our sanctuary and 15 feet tall. It was, without a doubt, the most impressive and incredible building the disciples had ever seen, and surely it would stand until the end of time. But Jesus told them a day was coming when this temple, this massive, seemingly unshakable marvel would be destroyed until not a single stone was left on another. The disciples asked Jesus when this was going to happen, 
And that's when he said all these really cheerful words about wars and insurrections and earthquakes and famines and plagues and persecution. He's not talking about the end of the world. He's talking about the destruction of the temple. And just a few years later, in the year 70, it happened. The Roman army came in, destroyed the temple, sacked the city, but not until after all the things Jesus had predicted took place, from wars to insurrections to earthquakes. The world did not end when this happened. But for many people, it felt like the end of the world. When that building came down, it was more than just a building. It was also everything that building stood for and represented. The very center of Jewish culture and religion and worship and life. It bound them to their ancestors and to one another. It was was their inheritance from the Lord. It was the symbol of the covenant between God and their people. It was the heart of their relationship with God on earth. I think the closest we can get to understanding what it was like is September 11th, when something more than just buildings fell. And we remember the way it impacted us as people and as a nation. When that temple was torn down, it felt to many people like the end of the world. And I think that's the best way to understand this passage, not as a roadmap to the end of days, but as words of encouragement and hope for people who are living not through the actual end of the world, but who sometimes feel as if their world is ending. And that's something that people experience every day. I think about the Nori family refugees from Afghanistan who we've supported as a congregation. They went from being a family of of some means with a stable job, stable life, surrounded by friends and neighbors they knew and trusted, and then they had to flee with hardly anything more than the clothes they were wearing to a place where they had nothing, surrounded by people they didn't know and with whom they couldn't communicate, with no jobs, no stable housing, forced to rely on total strangers and face an unknown future. When Afghanistan fell to the Taliban, it was not the end of the world. But in so many ways, it was the end of their worlds. And all of us have times like this, times where even if we know the world isn't literally going to end, it feels like our world is ending. Or like the life we knew is just being swept away. Maybe it's the loss of a child or a loved one. Maybe it's the end of a marriage or a life-changing diagnosis. Maybe it's rejection by people who should love us. Maybe it's violence or a friendship that ended or a hope that was dashed or a plan that fell apart or a tragedy that struck. Even when the world is not ending, it can feel like our world is ending. And when those times come, Jesus offers us some simple and powerful words. Do not be afraid. 
These words are not spoken as some command. We've got to try harder to obey. They're spoken as a promise from God that we don't need to be afraid. Temples will fall and our lives will come crashing down, but do not be afraid. Tragedies will occur and we'll get bad news and the world around us will be a mess, but do not be afraid. We won't know what to do. Our plans will fall apart. Life will be outside of our control but do not be afraid. Because even when our world is crumbling, our hope is in Jesus. Our life is in Jesus, an unshakable foundation that cannot be moved. We don't know what the future holds, but we know that God has promised to never leave us or forsake us and that God's love for us cannot be taken away by any power of this world. God is in the business of turning places of death into new life, places of desolation into hope, just as our Bible study discovered this week in the book of Ruth, just as the women discovered when they went to the tomb on Easter morning and it was empty, and and from all the despair and sorrow and brokenness of Friday, God had birthed something new and glorious on Sunday, for Christ was risen. So when you're going through times that feel like the end of the world, remember you're not alone. God's still walking with you. And so are the people in this community who know what it's like to feel as if the world is ending because we've been there. This is a place where we can give and receive empathy and support, where we can give and receive one of life's most valuable gifts, the gift of not being alone, the gift of another person's presence. This whole fall, we've been talking about how life is better together. And that's certainly true when it comes to times when it feels like our world is ending. The Jewish people survived the destruction of the temple. And the earliest Christians survived the persecution they faced, in part because they were together. And so are we. The good news think that the world did not end this week. No matter what Harold Camping or CNN or your crazy uncle on Facebook predicted, perhaps the best thing we can do is to stop worrying about the end times. God's going to see to all that. And in the meantime, there are people right now who are living through what feels like the end of the world. Some of them are far away, some are near, and some are right here in our congregation. So how will we care for them? How will we reach out with compassion to offer our presence, our love, our support? How will we help them to know that they are not alone? How will we show them the love of Christ? and testify to the hope and new life he offers. For Jesus remains steadfast and true. And if we have the eyes to see, we will discover that amid so many worlds ending, God is birthing something new.
Amen.